Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Feedback and Insights, Sheer number 102. We're going to talk today about the power of speech and of silence in life and in marriage. This is a very fundamental Sheer. Took some of this from the book Inside Marriage by Miriam Castle. Um, we had a, several feedbacks on her book. It's a fascinating, very deep book and profound book. And uh, this particular um, chapter on the power of speech and silence is especially informative, insightful, and practical. The ability to speak is an awesome gift from Hashem. He gave us words to reach across the divides that separate us from Him, from each other, and from ourselves. Words have the power to touch our hearts and souls in the deepest way. Words can also leave us cold and wound. With words, we can reveal what we think and feel. And with words, we can also hide and conceal. Words can be a vehicle for expressing truth. And words can be used to lie. Words can be played with to leave intention vague. And words can be manipulated to serve purposes other than those from, for which they were said. Quoting word for word from her book, I'm gonna, I just read, and I'm going to continue reading another paragraph of her own words. In marriage, words are a valuable currency. Care must be taken not to squander, hoard, or misuse them. Between husband and wife, they are a way to weave connection. Not just deep, meaningful conversations, but everyday talk as well. And not just the words themselves, but their tone, tenor, volume, rhythm, and sound. Each spouse takes into him or herself the voice of the other. It becomes part of his or her cells. Content is often secondary to sound. Content is often secondary to sound, which comes more from within. And through sound, the heart speaks more directly. And subtle nuances are conveyed, often audible, only to the attuned ear. What she's saying here is not just the words are extremely valuable and special and powerful, but the tone in which you say it, the rhythm, is also extremely valuable. And she explains that many people are not even... Clear. They, they're oblivious to their own voices and the message they convey to the world around them and to their husband and wife in particular. And one learns after a while, if you listen to these shiurim and you listen to, the, to other shiurim on Shemiras Haloshin especially, and about Inas Dibur, and all of those things, you get to recognize how basic sensitivities are all tully in the way we speak, in the care in which we speak the words we speak, having mutual care between husband and wife and respect, which is the foundation of every marriage, is conveyed through the way they talk to one another. And stating the obvious, just because you're a husband and wife, 
and you're married to each other doesn't give you the license or the right to speak rudely or harshly or whine incessantly. It is normal that familiarity, because we're so used to each other and we're with each other so much by living together day in and day out 24-7, we tend to forget this truth and we speak with a loose tongue to our husbands and to our wives. But again, just because someone's your husband or wife doesn't give you the right to speak rudely or harshly to them. You'd have no entitlement to act and speak as you please or with no regard or little regard to the impact of your words on your husband or wife. If you think about it, it's absurd to think that because you're familiar with your husband and wife, you could say whatever you want and be loose with your tongue. Because your husband and your wife is the most important person in your life, period. He deserves better than that. She deserves better than that. They deserve better treatment than anyone else, not worse treatment than anyone else. This is one of the basic yesoidites that we have to review again and again in marriage. Similar to when we talk about general avaydis Hashem. So this is the power of speech. The power of talking. It's not just not just saying Lashon Hara. It's also saying Lashon Taif. You have, I believe it's a Svas Emes. If someone could find out where it is, I'd appreciate it because I believe I saw it there. That the Metzairah, at the time of his Tahara, brings two birds. One of them is slaughtered, and there's a procedure there. The other one is sent free. And Svas Emes says a powerful thought here. He says that the slaughtered bird represents a kapara on the Lashon Hara that you said, because we know one of the primary causes of tsaras, of leprosy, in the Taira, is Lashon Hara. So the bird that had the shechita, that, that, that was slaughtered, represents the Lashon Hara that was spoken. The live bird that was sent away represents the good words that you could have said in the time at the time you said Lashon Hara. The good words that you could have said. We don't realize putting Lashon Hara aside and not speaking something that's hurtful or destructive. Very often, you could have said a kind word, an uplifting word that could make the day for your husband and for your wife to build them, to make them feel special. The good words. And that's very important. Now, there's also a myla in silence. Silence is also a gift. And again, she writes this so well that I'm going to say this also word for word. Silence, like speech, has a crucial role in marriage. It can be comforting, connecting, respecting, caring, sensitive, intimate, and meaningful. It can create a space in which to be together that words can't reach. It can also devastate. It can be used as a weapon to try to negate the existence and worth of the other. Through silence, one can withdraw, punish, isolate, and shame. It's a way to slip away without taking responsibility for leaving. The power of silence in marriage shouldn't be underestimated. 
Those who resort to it to avoid dealing or to deal in underhanded ways need to own up to what they are doing. It doesn't benefit them or their spouses to keep their heads in the sand. Stonewalling, by the way, is an example of this. So it's very important to also use silence the right way. Silence the healthy way means when you give each other space. When you read between the lines, when there's certain things you don't have to say directly, an intuitive understanding that one has for one another. Very often, in, 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 if, if there's a love and peace and kindness between a husband and wife, they could be each in their bedroom. He's reading a book, she's reading a book, and it's quiet, it's silence. But the silence is not a tense silence. It's not a distant silence. It's a comfortable, connective silence. And that's something that could be achieved. And it's very important also, when do you use silence in a healthy way? So, for example, if your spouse right now, your husband or wife, does not want to get into conversation or they want to keep a certain thing private to themselves, they're not yet ready to open up about something. You asked, whatever, but it's very clear that they, they, they want to keep it to themselves for now. So it's a healthy boundary to respect that and hold yourself back from saying something and leave more space for your husband or for your wife to let them be without interference from you, to let them have their space and their boundary. That is when a silence is healthy. And when to learn how to remain silent and to respect silence is just as important to know when and how to speak. And one, I believe, it's a twofold process to daven for this too, to ask HaKadosh Baruch for help. Help me learn how to balance speech and silence in marriage. Help me use both speech and silence in marriage, both for good, both to build, both to heal. So that is one tremendous nakuda that really is spread out through many shiurim that are already said and as Hashem will, will be said in the future with Hashem's help. So together with this comes the next concept, which is connected, is real listening. Real listening, you're actually using silence in a healthy way where you're not saying anything. You're letting your husband or wife speak. It is an art. It is not passive. It may seem passive, but it's not passive at all. To listen to a part of your husband or your wife means that you need to care about them. And what your husband or wife is experiencing matters to you. That you want to understand what they are saying so you can relate to them appropriately. You desire to connect to the world of your husband or to the world of your spouse. That is what listening is. In her words, it creates an energy that says, I want to know you. I want to be close to you. I want to understand your reality, no matter how different it may be from mine. That's real listening. It requires a certain presence, a certain attention, certain what she calls inner stillness that leaves room for whatever your husband or wife is saying. 
Now, realistically speaking, it's not always easy, and in everyday life, sometimes it can be difficult to do. That's also okay. But then what you do is you let your husband and wife know, you know, it's hectic now, I'm listening to you, but later we'll be able to talk in a more deep way when we are, you know, at the, you know when things are quieter and where it's the two of us alone and we're more rested and then we could talk and I'll have more of a listening ear. So that is okay. So it's, it's very important well, as you develop this ability to listen, but when you realize that right now you, your attention span is short or you're not really listening anymore, so here you could do different things. You could either say, okay, I'm not listening. Let me quiet my mind down, bring myself back to listening to my husband and wife. If that's not possible, then you gently tell your husband and wife, at this moment, for whatever reason, I have a hard time concentrating, but let's talk about this. We'll postpone it. Again, you're not burying it underneath the rug. You're just postponing it till my mind is calmer. After a short break, I eat something, whatever it is, and then let's sit down and let me listen to what you have to say. So it's okay when it's difficult, when you have trouble listening, as long as you convey that to the spouse. I want to really listen to you. Right now it's hectic. Give me a little time, and then let's talk. But then you actually start working and practicing that real listening. And real listening means that you don't just hear words that are being said. You also, and this is a knack, it's an art, it's a skill, and it's something that everyone could learn over time. You start feeling Understanding and feeling what the other person is trying to convey. Not always easy to do. Because sometimes, for example, if your husband or wife is upset about something, let alone they're not upset about you. That's also, by the way, to listen when they're upset at you and expressing that is very uncomfortable, but you still could overcome that and listen, and ultimately you both end up in a better place. But let's put that aside for now. Let's assume right now that your husband or wife is agitated, not at you, but at a situation. Nevertheless, very often, the one who is listening is uncomfortable because they get distressed also. But what you need to do is to feel that distress and experiencing it in a loving, supportive way for your husband or wife who's expressing this to you. For many people, they feel helpless. It happens in both genders, but a lot of times it's with men when their wives cry about some emotional pain, and women need to understand this. Your husband can be a very kind, warm, good person, but because men are generally less talented, let's put it that way, less gifted in the talking and listening department, it's part of their nature, so when they hear that emotional pain, they they want to block it out or they want to just tell you how to fix it. The truth is they do care deeply, but sometimes they have to overcome their uncomfortableness or their feelings of helplessness when they see you crying and showing your deep emotion and it gets them distressed. So they try to either block it out or just, you know, give you a solution. So it takes work and it takes art. But listening, in truth, is one of the biggest matanais, the give, biggest gift you could give for each other. It seems when you look at it that the person's not doing anything. They're just quiet and they're listening. 
but it takes a lot of effort and energy and being fully engaged. What you're doing here is, is you're allowing the one who is speaking to control the content. You give them their space. They could talk in the pace they want to say it, in the direction they want to talk, even if they're going from subject to subject to subject. You hear them out without interruption. And you don't think, okay, where are they going from here? Or put into your head, let me figure out this solution, that solution. It's not about thinking about responding, how I'm going to respond to you after you say this 10-minute what you're saying. You're not thinking about that right now, how to respond. You're just trying to understand. That's what you're doing now. You're listening to understand. And you do it without being afraid, without preconceived conclusions, without moving the focus to yourself, without judging, without imposing immediate results. And again, it goes both ways, but for men sometimes... They hear their wives and they really try to listen and they experience a problem and very often men, good-heartedly, want to just give them the immediate relief of a result, of a solution, but that's not what they really need now. You don't need to press anything or push anything or force anything. You allow them to talk. And that's very, very important. And it's less exhausting to do that than to be defensive or, or judging things as your husband or wife is talking to you. And the real Nakuda is, and she brings this out, and it's such a, such a good point. Very often people make this mistake that the only time you actually really listen to your husband or wife is when you see they're going through a tough time, something's bothering them, and you want to help them. And therefore, you decide, okay, I'm going to listen to you. It's like sort of like a special occasion because of the circumstance. They're in a distress. Let me help you. Which is beautiful. That is beautiful, beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. But the real key is to listen to your husband or wife when things are going well. When there's simchas. When she's happy or he's happy about their successes, their accomplishments, joy, nachas. To listen then too. To focus on the experience that they're experiencing. To share in that pleasure. While when you're listening with your expressions, you're feeling the pleasure of the good times and the good feelings that your spouse is conveying. So remember that. Listening is not just for times of crisis or when things are upsetting to be empathetic when someone's in pain. That is indeed a tremendous mitzvah and a beautiful thing. But you need to learn how to do this when things are going well. And when they're happy. Your wife wants to say, you know, I have to Hashem. Listen to what happened. And the wife and the listens. And the other way around, whichever way it is. It's a skill that could be learned. Remember that. It's a skill that can be learned. And you don't have to bash yourself or be perfectionistic about it, or about to do it right this way or that way. The main Nakuda is, and you don't have to be a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a therapist or anything like that. Everyone has the ability to do this. The intention behind it is I want to give my heart over to my husband and wife. I want to be there for them. I want to connect to whatever is going on with them. And you listen to them. 
even if in their words they're saying something that is a little bit critical of yourself. Put yourself out of the picture. It's not always easy. That's true. If part of what your wife or your husband is upset about as they're talking to you is showing that you're, they're upset at you for something, put it out of the picture. You put it out of the picture and give... You'll have a chance later to explain your perspective on things. But right now, breathe deeply. Put your mind around what she has to say. Don't worry about your vulnerabilities. And you give that over to your husband and wife. So what we talked about today, which I believe is a very, very fundamental and important share. The panemius and understanding the power of speech in a marriage and of silence in a marriage and how to use them both to heal and to help and to connect. Silence could connect too. And real listening. Bracha and Atzlachah.